Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. We've got some crazy stories today, and our first story of the day is from Void Target 13, Checkmate in Double Time. Once upon a time, when I was in 8th grade, I had two bullies, a kid, and a teacher. The plot happened like this. In my schools in Puerto Rico, I had a bully that unfortunately was always put into my homeroom of 30 students approximately over and over. And in 8th grade, I had an English teacher that had a lot of errors in grammar or speech. People say I have the patience of God all the time, so it was easy to target me. Do you remember how a rubber band works? That was me. The teacher was yelling at me because I wasn't at the same level as the class and had a different pronunciation as my teacher. Until one day, I waited until after the class and told her that she had did something wrong in class. So she destroyed my scholarship because she wouldn't give me anything other than a C after the event. So no music, no money to study, no peace at my house. My parents were abusive in the worst ways, so they stepped it up a notch. My friends started to make my bully go against the English teacher as I started to do pranks and mess around with all her stuff, like unfolding the chairs she would use, hide her keys, put menacing notes in her desk or purse, and accredited the glory to my bully until she became paranoid in the classroom. But nobody suspected the nice teacher's pet that apologized to the English teacher. One day I decided to do the coup de gras and aggravated him until he was yelling at the English teacher and the English teacher was trying to scold and drag him to the principal of the school. Then my bully got out of her grasp and started fighting her. So I had a thought. While the commotion was going on, I broke the windows and mirrors in her car with an extra shirt from his gym bag, then used the shards to scratch all her paint off and left the shirt in the crime scene. My bully got suspended and banned from most schools in the area, and my English teacher had a mental breakdown and was forced to retire while I told her about the whole plan as she deteriorated. She was admitted to a psychiatric institution. Do you think the teacher in this situation deserved what they got? Basically bullying their own students and then purposely failing them? Does that make it fair game for that jerk of a teacher to get their car totally trashed? and ultimately put into a psychiatric institution? I'd like to know what you guys think in the comments down below. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from an anonymous poster. You broke my heart? Time for you to taste your own medicine, quite literally. So to the story, this happened about six years ago when I was halfway through my medicine degree. In my country, it's not as difficult to enter med school like it is in the USA. So I was very young, barely 20 years old at the time. Also, I just recently came out of the closet. Yes, this is a gay story. This is very important, because I came out after my first ever male love interest, we'll call him Andrew, rejected me and basically outed me to the entire faculty in the process. But that's another story. So I was in the middle of a very hard TUSA, meaning heartbreak, when here, I met the third protagonist of this tale, my rebound, who I'll call Philip. Well, I'd met him before, around the time I was trying to woo Andrew, because the two of them hated each other, the sworn enemies kind of thing. So it seemed natural that he came to me after the rejection. 
Andrew and I had been good friends and Philip befriended me to get intel or something he could use against him. I wasn't mad about it, all the other way around. I was totally on board with his plan. The next two or three months, we spent a lot of time together, partly because we liked to talk crap about Andrew and bully him to a certain point. Mostly bad rumors we spread behind his back, and partly because we had many other things in common. TV series, hobbies, song taste, etc. By the end of the semester, I came to realize I'd fallen in love hard for Philip. Sadly, this was not his case. Philip was technically straight, so I didn't try anything romantic with him. I later found out he knew of my crush anyways, it seems I suck at hiding my feelings, and just decided to ignore it so as to not damage our relationship. But things suddenly changed. He started acting coldly and treating me bad every time I tried to reach him. And at one point, he confronted me about my crush. Not only did he reject me, but started calling me a clingy F-word, among other insults. Needless to say, our friendship was completely destroyed. Much later, I found out that during this time, Philip had been experimenting with his sexuality and was hooking up with another hetero-curious dude. When this guy decided he preferred his girlfriend over Philip, he basically turned his anger against me. I admit, I can be quite irritating sometimes, so it seems this is what made me the perfect bullseye for his hate. So here I am, second heartbreak in less than six months, that's my luck, but still not mad enough to do something about it, until I felt the backstabbing. I don't know how, when, or why, but some weeks after our fallout, Philip and Andrew had become best friends forever, those you dream of having when you're a kid. It was impossible seeing them apart while going around campus, at parties, or even in class. Rumor has it they were more than just friends. By this point, Philip was also out of the closet as a bisexual man. And now I was the one being bullied. Soon enough, after they started hanging out, gossip about me became the norm. I became known as a crazy stalker and obsessed little man. Hey, even Gollum from The Lord of the Rings seemed saner than I based on their stories. Additionally, any contact I had with Philip or Andrew ended in confrontation, to the point I had to actively evade them. That's when I decided to act, and what started as only a little prank ended being something deadly. Time came for the birthday party of a friend we all three had in common, and in which all our social groups will be reunited under one roof. She was a very popular girl. Me and my girl best friend Clara designed a little trick that would embarrass my two heartbreakers in front of everyone. It was very simple. We bought some Viagra pills, smashed them, and the plan was to mix it in some of their drinks to make them act up and get a non-stoppable erection during the whole party. Both loved using skinny pants, so we knew it would not only be very painful, but very visible too. Clarification, as med students, we knew mixing alcohol and Viagra could have side effects, so we calculated a low dosage for our prank. This will be important later. Flash forward, we're all in the party, and everything is going great. Too great, I'll say. I was very happy, and very drunk. I even thought of just letting my stupid plan go to waste and enjoying the party, but in the end, my bad judgment won. With Clara's help, it wasn't hard to slip the Viagra powder into my Target's drinks while everyone was distracted. They sipped it whole. Minutes later, I could see the effects of the drug on Andrew as he was trying to get away from everyone on the dance floor while trying to cover himself. Fun fact, in Latin America, we tend to dance very close to each other. 
Pareo Intenso, Reggaeton, Bachata, all those things. So it was actually very funny seeing him at the beginning trying to explain to every dance partner that he wasn't trying to assault them in the middle of the dance floor with his erection. All being said, he was very well endowed. You might be thinking, what a lame revenge, get out of here. But this is not the end. While Andrew was suffering the funny side effects, Philip was not that lucky. His friends were asking if anyone had some medicine for pain control as he was having a moderate migraine. Fearing I'd screwed up and given him more than what I wanted, I came to check on him to see if he was alright. What happened next was what led to the unfortunate events of the rest of the night. When I came close, he pushed me away very hard and threw me to the floor. He was drunk, excited, and had a headache, all things making him more aggressive than usual. He started insulting me in front of everyone, shouting that I was trying to take advantage of him while he was sick. If not for some of the people around us that stopped him on time, he would have hit me in the face. In that moment, I snapped. I hated this guy. I hated him with all my heart. I hated that I was again the center of all the mean looks because of his dumb comments. I hated him so much, I decided I wanted him dead. Remember, dear reader, I was drunk. Under normal circumstances, I wouldn't have been able to pull this through. But the alcohol had weakened my moral compass and the anger had ended the job. I stood up, didn't say a thing against him, and went looking for the first aid kit. I'd been to my friend's house before, so I knew where it was, unlike Philip's group. I took a pill and handed it to the first one of them I found, telling her it was acetaminophen for the headache. She bought it, and I just waited. In fact, what I'd given the girl was a tablet of nitroglycerin I took from the kit. In my country, both look very similar so it's hard to tell them apart. Under normal circumstances, nitroglycerin is used for chest pain, but one of its main contradictions is its use with Viagra due to their potent combined effect. It can be lethal. I knew it. I didn't care. Soon enough, I heard the screams. Philip had fallen to the floor due to a drastic blood pressure drop as I expected, and everyone was already calling our version of 911. I'll skip fast what happened in the next few hours. The party obviously ended, and Clara took me to her house. She was panicking, believing our prank had killed him, and that we would go to jail for the rest of our lives. I was in my drunk supervillain stupor and told her to calm down, assuring her that our police system was so dumb they wouldn't find out. I cannot stress enough how drunk I was and the egotistical d-bag I can become when that happens. Meanwhile, Philip was taken to the ER where they rehydrated him and were able to stabilize him. So no, no murder happened that night, although it was close. The next day, I finally recovered my senses while being hungover. Now afraid of my stupidity, I used every means I had to find out what happened to Philip, and more importantly, if someone knew I was involved in all those things. Something essential here is that Philip was taken to our college hospital due to our friend living close to the campus. As I was doing my practices there, it was easy seeing his medical record, so this is the reason I know what's coming next. In brief, Philip had entered a state known as distributive shock due to the hypotension he suffered from the mix of Viagra, nitroglycerin, and alcohol. Luckily for everyone involved, he'd arrived at the hospital just in time and nor his brain nor his heart suffered permanent damage. His kidney had some kind of acute problems but nothing serious. On the other hand, no one suspected a thing about me. 
The doctors assumed it had been a bad reaction to the excess of alcohol and maybe a recreational drug at the party, as this wasn't uncommon to happen. Some tests were done, but nothing came out, and after he completely recovered, they just decided to let it be. The police were not brought upon even once. The afterwards of all this is very curious. I assume that due to his near-death experience, Philip became more docile, if you could say. The rumors about me stopped and, with time, our animosity towards each other faded. Same with Andrew. Later that year, I found a boyfriend and my heart slowly recovered from what happened with the duo. This experience altogether also helped me realize I had some anger issues among other things. So I started to go to psychological therapy to work on them and to prevent something similar of ever happening again. To this day, no one knows what really happened that night and even my best friend just believes our prank backfired. Not that I'd actually intended to kill someone. And that's the end. Yeah, kind of heavy. If someone's wondering, I know the huge screw up all this was, and as I said before, I'm not proud of it. I was very, very lucky nothing serious happened. On a side note, therapy helped me, so that's a plus. Honestly, this is overall just kind of a very shocking story. It's pretty clear that both Philip and Andrew were total jerks, and it sucks to have your heart broken like that. I think it's also fair to say they probably didn't deserve almost, or, well, pretty much straight up attempted murder. I guess the positive thing is nobody died and there weren't any side effects, really? I don't know, it definitely was a nuclear revenge. And our final story of the day is from an anonymous poster. Psychopathic bully gets his head crushed in by one of his victims. This story is from my grandfather and takes place sometime around 1942 in a small town in Idaho. His memory is bad and so is mine, so take most details with a grain of salt. My grandpa was always a tough person, even when he was a child. A bit of a jerk even, but this was the 40s and people were different back then. He was also a small child and that attracted a lot of bullies. There was one bully, however, who was worse than most. His brothers would usually back him up, but this kid came along after his older brothers moved to a different school and left him with his younger siblings. This was the 1940s, so the bully got away with absolutely psychopathic levels of beatings, and he would sometimes involve friends to beat him in a gang. Great-grandfather wouldn't do anything, and he told him to be a man. So, he did. One day, Grandpa hid behind the corner of a building where he knew the bully passed every single day. When the jerk stepped past the corner, Grandpa swung a brick at his head as hard as he could. The kid's skull caved in. Grandpa described it as being like an ashtray, and he hit the ground. Grandpa can't remember if he died or just had severe brain damage, but nobody messed with Grandpa after that. If it was described as looking like an ashtray, I'm gonna say I would be very, very surprised if the person actually survived that. I mean, even in the 1940s, I'm kind of questioning how OP's grandpa got away with that. That must have been a real small town in Idaho. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another revenge story that was even more insane than the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that said, I'll see you all next time for some more stories. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.